Hello everyone. I am so excited to be back with you. This is the Good Life with Dawn Richards and podcast and I am your host Dawn Richards and I'm excited to be back with you at this time especially because we are now in a brand new season. You know, fall happens to be my personal favorite season of them all. I think I love fall most of all, the saying goes, and I think a lot of it is is absolutely <laughs> contributable to the fact that uh, I live in a very hot climate during the summer, uh, very hot and humid here in Georgia where I live, and by the time the summer is ending, I am over it and ready for some respite, and so the full, the uh, cool breezes and the cooler, milder temps, and just that warm and cozy feeling that you kind of get with fall as you start to kind of see the leaves turn and um, the days get shorter. It just makes for, to me, um, just that yeah, that warm and cozy uh, type of feel. So fall is definitely, and it's really beautiful here um, in fall, especially early fall. And so I think that has a lot to do with it. But I also love the significance of what a new season, no matter which season we're talking about, means. And that's what I'm especially excited to just spend a few minutes. I always say a few minutes, but spend a few minutes um, just kind of talking to you and stirring you up about um, in today's episode. So I'm titling today's episode, New Season, New Mercies, and New Grace. Because I believe that as we enter into new seasons in our lives, in nature, um, but even more importantly, beyond that, spiritually, physically, emotionally, and financially, that there are mercies there to meet us in that new place. And there are graces, anointings, abilities, empowerments from God to carry us through and sustain us in those new seasons and in those new places. And so I know we can obviously relate to the fact that it's a new season from a natural standpoint based on what the calendar is telling us, what we know about nature, what we know about science, but I don't want it to be lost on us what this means for us personally and what we can make it mean for us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to just, you know, talk a bit about newness. Um, and the reason I especially like to correlate this to the fall season is because fall is definitely one of those seasons that I think more than any other represents shedding. It, it kind of represents pruning. It represents letting go among other things. Um, you know, you you see the leaves turning from their vibrant greenery to the orange and the browns and the reds. Um, and you see the trees shedding and pruning because inevitably new seasons will follow this season. And we'll eventually find ourselves back in those seasons of renewal and rebirth where everything starts to grow again and flourish again. And we see the greenery all around us. So Life, um, you know, gives us these seasons and cycles. And the Bible tells us in Genesis 8 2, 22, excuse me, that as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. There will be cold and heat. There will be 
you know, summer and winter. And basically the Lord was telling us there will be seasons to life for as long as we're here in this natural realm. And I was writing to my email list um, this week, just kind of sharing some of these same things from my heart with them about, you know, the new season at hand and what it means um, typically from a nature standpoint, but what it can also mean for us spiritually and beyond. And one of the songs that I fell in love with when it came out years ago was this song by Martha Menenzi. And in that song, um, there's a, there's a line, it may be even the chorus, but it goes, you know, it's a new season. It's a new day, a fresh anointing is flowing my way. And then she goes on to say, it's a season of power. Glory be to God and prosperity. It's a new season and it's coming for me. And you know what? I want you to see this season the same way for you. You don't have to wait for me. You don't have to wait for your pastor, um, the president, anybody else to tell you that this is your season. You don't have to wait for anybody to give you permission to embrace the new that God has for you to walk in the new and let go of the things that no longer serve you that may be hindering you from actually fully immersing yourself in the new and in the next that God has beckoned you to. And so this is the time where we can let things go. There's a quote that says autumn teaches us how beautiful it is to let things go. So often we think, oh, I've, I've got to give that up, you know, oh, woe is me. But no, sometimes it's actually a very good thing, even though it may not feel good to your emotions, even though it may require some growth, it may require some extra discipline, it may require saying no to yourself or no to someone else or no to something else. Inevitably, the results are going to be a newer, better, more powerful more focused, more purpose-led, you and me. And that's, I think, what we all desire. Um, you know, life is not something that should happen to us. I'm a firm believer that we happen on life. And in life, life doesn't happen on us. So in other words, you should not be... in framing your life as, oh, well, let me see what the, the next year is going to bring, or let me see what this week is going to bring. No, you tell and you decree and you declare and you establish with the authority that God has given to you what your future will be, what your next week, your next year, your next decade will be based on the promises of God and his faithfulness to back them up. You know, the enemy, he has a plan for your life. And he's just waiting for you to sit idly so that he can bring it to pass. But God's plan for your life reigns supreme. And that means the enemy's plan is null and void by default. But you are the deciding witness. I am the deciding witness. So we have to stand up and own our lives. Even when it doesn't feel good. Even when, you know, um, circumstances may be screaming that you're out of control. And we've talked about how to take control of the out of control areas of our lives, whether that's spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially, uh, whatever that looks like. And so God has called us to be in control. He's called us to be people of girth, people of substance and backbone, not just wishbone. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of wishbone going around in the world and in the earth. 
you know, I wish, I just wish that I, that I had a nice home. I wish I had a a companion. I, I wish that my children, you know, were excelling and I wish that I was in better shape and I wish that, you know, I, I had more money and I wish, and there's all this wishing, but inevitably. And at some point that word, I'm, I'm really into that inevitably today. Okay. God bless. <laughs> but at some point it's making my point. The wishbone has to be followed up with some backbone. And that means we've actually got to do something about those things that we say we desire. And I'm not talking about in the, in the hard, you know, hustle harder and grind and all that. I'm not talking about that because our true superpower, um, no cliche intended is the divine, the, the grace, the anointing of God that removes burdens and destroys yokes according to Isaiah. And so we have supernatural help. We have supernatural enabling and ability from God himself to bring things to pass under the blessing flow, which takes away a lot of the hard grit grind that the world has to do just to, you know, make it by. Now we're called to live on a higher level. Jesus bought and paid for that for us. We are the light of the world. And when people see us thriving and they see things working in our lives and they see our dreams coming to pass and our desires being fulfilled and we're giving the glory to God as we should, then they're going to want our God. They're going to want to know our God. They're going to want to know how did we come out of the situation. They saw us over here in point A. Now they see us over here at point B and they're, they're they're wondering, well, you know, what happened? How did that change for you? That's what our lives are intended to be. Salt and light. Salt. One of the key characteristics, characteristics of salt is it makes you thirsty. You know, I, I'm a lover of hot wings. Hot wings is one of the top three. If you ask me my top three junk favorite, and I'll, I'll put it kind of in the junk food category. Although I've since found ways to make them at home where they're actually relatively good for you and they still taste amazing. But that's a message for another day. But hot wings is definitely one of my top three favorite kind of like, you know, veg out, you know, um, junk food type foods. If I'm going to just, you know, chill and, and, and eat some food like that. And inevitably, here we go. Inevitably. <laughs> I guess there's an anointing on that word tonight. But whenever I have hot wings, because of the way I like my hot wings, I like my hot wings with lots of sauce. I don't understand people who order mild wings. That is a mystery to me. I don't understand people who order dry, plain, no sauce wings. I, I don't under that that does not compute with my brain. Because when I say I want hot wings. I want sauce. You know, the secret is in the sauce. And I like lots of it. Sometimes they call it swimming. I sometimes will get extra sauce on the side. So you get my drift. I'm really into that sauce. But hot sauce by its nature is salty because it has a lot of sodium. And I can tell when I've eaten those hot wings and an hour or two passes, 
and you could not give me enough water. The thirst is real, as they say. And you know, that's what our lives are intended to be. We're intended to be that salt that makes people thirsty where they just can't get enough. They've got to have another drink and another drink and another drink and another drink. And it's not about us at all. It's about the God who dwells within us and the God that we allow to live out through us. So as we go forward and as we're owning our lives, owning our days, owning our years, owning our existence, because everybody knows 2020, you know, it's been a very, to put it very nicely, peculiar year. I am still speaking good things about this year, despite what the media and the political arena and the racial climate and everything else and the economy that is happening amidst us, God still needs people in this earth that are willing to stand up in the face of everything that hell is trying to do, the pandemic, and to speak forth his truth and his light and his power. And so I've committed to that for my own personal life, but I've committed to it as an army and the soldier of the Lord, or as a soldier, excuse me, in the army of the Lord, to speak forth the word of God no matter what. God needs mouthpieces in these last days. And... Although all these things are happening in this year, I've determined it's still my year. You know, it may look differently than what I anticipated January 1st, but it's still my year. And have I seen the hand of God in my life this year? Absolutely. Will I continue to see the hand of God in my life in this year and in the years to come? Absolutely. And you may be saying, well, Dawn, how can you say that? How can, how can you be so confident and assured that things are going to work out for you and you're just going to always end up where you're supposed to be and how things are supposed You know, good question. It's not about me. I'm not special in, 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 in the sense that, you know, I have some corner market on God and on the blessings of heaven No, these are blessings that are readily available to every child of God. Everyone who is called on the name of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior in sincerity and truly believes God and who he is and who he says he is. And as we allow our faith to loom larger than our circumstances and our situations and what it looks like and feels like, and I, I, I know that that can be at times a very uncomfortable place when you're walking that faith walk is almost like you're walking a tightrope, but you have to know that God is never going to let you fall. In fact, he says that to us over and over in the scripture. Psalm 91 is one example where he says his angels will bear you up in their hands lest you dash your foot against a stone. Another place in the scripture, God says he carries us day by day. And so if he's carrying you, how can you fall? And the Bible goes on to say further, a righteous man, hey, maybe he does fall. Maybe she does fall. But they arise seven times, meaning they never stay down. You might get knocked down, but you'll never get knocked out. Hallelujah. You always be able to get up and rise again. And not only back to where you were when you fell, but to higher heights. 
Because God, when he restores, he never restores back to where you were. He always takes you to greater and beyond. Look at Job. When Job lost everything and God eventually restored what the devil had stolen and what happened to him, God didn't just come back and put him at net even and say, okay, you lost this much money, so here's that much money. You lost this many kids, so here are these many kids back. You lost this you know, amount of land. or you know. No, when God was finished with Job, Job had double, double of everything. In fact, the Bible says that God gives us double for our trouble. So he is the God that takes you beyond. He only knows addition and multiplication. He doesn't know subtraction unless it's something that's not for you, not of him. Then yes, he's absolutely down with stripping that from our lives. But when it comes to the goodness of God and the blessings and the things that he is set up for his kids, just like any good parent in the earth sets their children up so that they can have a good life. They can have it better than their parents had it. You know, baby, we set this fund up for you, this trust fund, so that when you reach a certain age, you can tap into it and you can accept, you can access education and you can access home ownership and you can access business ownership and you can access all these things because mommy and daddy or mommy or daddy has set you up and that's the setup that we receive as children of the most high God because maybe you don't have a natural mommy or daddy that's in a position to set you up but that doesn't mean that you're out no the Bible, in fact, says when your mother and father forsake you and whatever that might look like, maybe they passed away. You know, maybe the relationship is estranged. Maybe you, a myriad of things could happen. But you're never going to be without the care and the love and the mercies and the grace of our Heavenly Father. And so... I simply want to stir you up to look at this season as more than just another day on the calendar that's come and gone, marking autumn, marking fall. I want you to see it as more than just a time where you're going to have to start pulling out your jackets and your boots and your sweaters. I want you to see it as a season of letting go. So you can make room for more of letting go so you can make room for more of what really matters because the letting go and the new might look like letting go a lot of, of a lot of the clutter and the noise and the busyness so you can actually make room for more of what matters, which is stillness and time in the presence of God. Hearing from him, being strengthened in your heart and in your innermost being by him and his word and his presence and his, his love for you. I definitely so cherish my times with the Lord 
And I endeavor throughout my day to stay in fellowship with him, whether I'm thanking him or talking to him or asking him about something or praying, you know, whispering a prayer, whatever it looks like. I, I need, I must have that vital contact. And it has to be intentional on my part because God will never force himself. He will endeavor and he will work to get things over to us. But he respects the fact that ultimately we are free moral agents with the right to choose. He says, choose life. Death and life are before you. But I encourage you to choose life so that you and your seed may live. And when you start to let go of those things that don't really matter, maybe holding you back or weighing you down. The Bible says to set aside, to strip off, to lay aside the weights and the sins that so easily, easily beset us so that here's why, here's why we're letting go. Here's why we're pruning. Here's why we're shedding his, here's why we're establishing firm boundaries so that we can run the race that God has set before us the same way Christ ran his race. And then it gives the example of how he endured the cross and he bore the shame for us. Even though he never did one thing to deserve the cross, he did it all for us because he could see he had vision. And it was greater than 2020 vision. He had vision to see a Dawn and a Charles and a Mary and a Katie. And Alina and whomever. I'm just calling out names, just making up names. But he saw all of us, the Bible says. And that we would be grafted into God and we would be restored once again to the Father. And he said it was the joy that was set before him. The joy of seeing you and me and anyone who will receive be redeemed from an eternal damnation and be restored to God as our rightful Father that fueled him while he was in this earth. To live his life in such a way that he could be that perfect, spotless, sinless sacrifice. And so the Bible says, so likewise, you let go of the things. You let go of the distractions. You set aside those weights. It's not always that it's a sin. You know, spending time on social media, I don't think that's a sin unless you're spending time doing something on social media you shouldn't be doing but generally just spending time on social media is not a sin but it could be a weight it could be making you heavy and weighing you down so that you're not able to move into the new into the next because it's distracting you and it's absorbing so much of your time and you get caught up in comparison you get caught up in maybe feeling inadequate because you see 
the Joneses over here and oh, their life looks so wonderful and my life, oh, why can't I have a life like that? Why can't I go on 50 vacations a year? Why can't I, you know, why can't, no, that's a lie from the pit of hell. So then you have to be willing to step aside and say, let me look at my life. Holy Spirit, show me where I need to make adjustments. It may not be, don't ever go on social media again. God is not, I don't think he's going to say, because social media has very good positive uses, like preaching the gospel, which is what I use it for primarily. And, and in, you know, sharing my passions and the things that I'm, you know, passionate about that may inspire someone else. So there are profitable, good uses, but I don't think God wants any of us to be a slave to it. We don't need to get our validation from it. We don't need to get our identity from it. And that goes for anything. That's just an example because I know that's a very prominent thing in this day and age that pulls a lot of people in just unknowingly. You can pick up your phone and you look up and you've spent 30 minutes doing what? 30 minutes of your life that you'll never get back. I'm not going to say again, it's always a waste because there are good, valid things happening on social media. There are businesses that are being launched and that are being, you know, put in place to serve people. There are things that can stir your creative nature and the talents and gifts you have or just the things you you desire and to give you, you know, a community. But you should be keeping the pulse of how it's impacting your psyche, how you're feeling about yourself. And when you start to see those warning signs, you need to pay attention. And maybe you need to step away. Doesn't mean you can't come back, but you've got to be willing to do what it takes today to have the results you want tomorrow. And that goes for any area of life. You know, you want the spelt figure. I'm talking to myself, Lord. You know, you want to look a certain way. You want your body to look a certain way. And maybe, you know, being home and being more stationary has caused some weight gain um, because you're not able to be as active as you normally were pre-COVID and before the pandemic set in. But you still want those results. So maybe you have to go about it in a different way. And maybe that may require more on the food side of the food uh, of the of the um, agenda, because the exercise part is not as rigorous. You know, all those things; uh, those are things that I evaluate. You know, that all kinds of things that you constantly have to just think about your life and take control of your life. You're monitoring your thoughts. You're thinking God thoughts. You're monitoring your words. You're speaking God words. You're monitoring your heart. What is God saying to me about this? What am I sensing? Do I need to pull away from this thing, this person? You know, there are people that you need to let go that mean you no good and that are no good for you. Then there are people you need to let go that do mean you good, but they're just not meant for your life in the journey that God has for you long term. How will you know that? Is a fairy going to come and pop you on the head and say, hello, that person is not for you. I doubt it. I won't say never, but I doubt it because that's not really how God works. 
He will speak to your heart, give you a nudge. Something will be kind of, mm, something just not, not right. You know, today, in today's lingo, I think they still say this, honey, I could be behind, but they, they talk about the vibe, you know, your vibe. I just didn't get a good vibe. Basically, when a person is saying they didn't get a good vibe, they're saying, you know what? My heart is telling me something about this person is not what it appears to be. That's a warning from God. They are smiling in your face. They're saying all the right things. They're putting themselves out to be one thing when in fact there's something totally different. And God is saying, beware, danger, beware. So every part of our lives should constantly be under the microscope of the Holy Spirit. Lord, what are you saying to me about these relationships? What are you saying to me about this job, about this situation, about, you know, this business opportunity, about my physical health, about my spiritual well-being and growth, about my calling, about the people I'm connected to, about how I can be a better blessing to the people you have called to be in my life, my family my church, my community. If we spend time focusing on the do's, we won't really have time <laughs> to worry about the don'ts. I think a lot of people, especially when they're first born again, they worry so much about the don'ts. Oh, should I, can I do this or can I do that? Or is it okay if I do this? Or is it, is it not okay if I listen to that? Or if I go... I, I believe that God has given us more than enough to focus on for ourselves. Mind you now, let me even be clearer. Not for your friend and this one and that one, but for you. I'm a big proponent of minding your business. Because really, if we mind our business, we will not have time to mind anybody else's. Facts. The things I just shared with you, that's a full-time job. Just minding your business, making sure you're in flow with God, making sure you're doing what you're supposed to do is a full-time job. So you really don't have a lot of space to be poking and prodding and, you know, putting your mouth on other people and what they're doing and not doing and hating and all that. If you're doing your job, which is you, you are your number one job. I am my number one job. So I think that this season can be, should be the best one yet. And I want you to frame it that way. It's a new season. It's a new day. And yes, my dear, a fresh anointing is flowing our way. It is a season of power. You know, power at its core represents the ability to get results. You know, if you say, oh, did you see that fight last night where boxer A knocked out boxer B? Oh, that was powerful. What are you really saying when you say that? You're saying that boxer A had the ability to knock out and get the results of knocking out boxer B. 
And that's what made it powerful because you were able to get results. If you're not getting results in an area of your life, then you have to step back. And once again, examine through the lens of the Holy Spirit, through prayer, through seeking God, through wise counsel, whatever it looks like, immersing yourself in the word until you know what God is saying to you. But it's worthwhile to put the pause button on and to say, you know, am I getting the results that God has shown me I should be getting? Am I getting the results that I desire to be getting? If not, is this something God wants for me? And if God says, yes, I want this for you, then you say, okay, Lord, will you show me if there's anything I need to change? I'm going to keep doing what I know to do, what I believe you've shown me to do. And I'm going to believe that I'm going to see results. You know, if you keep working out and exercising and changing your diet and eating better and better, eventually you're going to see results. And it's that way in any other area. If you keep pouring the word of God into your heart and into your spirit, into your mind day after day after day, there's no way you can be the same this time next year. Now, if you're interested in being the same or worse, because typically you don't stand still, you're either ascending or descending. So if you want to be in a worsened state, and the Bible even says that in Galatians 6, it says that when you sow to the spirit, you reap life everlasting. You reap God and all that God has to offer in your life. When you seek and you sow to the higher life, when you sow to the God in you, when you seek God and you operate like God and you flow like God. But it also says that on the contrary, when you sow to the flesh or your lower carnal nature, meaning the things that just appease your five physical senses. Oh, that felt good. So, you know, I did it, you know, sleeping with that person felt good. So that's why I did it or cursing that person out felt good. So I went ahead and did it, you know, stealing from this person over here felt good. So I did it. You're doing those things. And the Bible says, Hey, 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 this is your result. This is where you're going to find yourself in a worsened state, i.e. a state of decay. And the only thing that I know that's associated with decay are dead things. So we don't really want to gamble with that. Instead, we want to say, I know how this thing works. God has shown me some things about how the game of life works. And I know that if I continue to put the word of God in, then I'm going to get word of God results. There we go again with results. Contrarily, if I neglect the word of God, if I neglect what God is saying to me, if I neglect how God says things should go, how he says I should be living, what he says is right versus what I think is right or what I want to do, even though I know it's not right. Then we're going to reap the fruits of that, too. So we choose once again, we choose. You're empowered to make this season your best season. You're empowered to let go of the things that are not serving you. You're empowered to say yes to the things that God would have you to say yes to in your new season, in your next. 
and in God's best for your life. So I thank you for listening as always. I thank you for showing up, hearing what God would have to say to you here on the Good Life of Dom Richards. And then I ask that you would share the podcast if you are getting something from it. I pray and trust that you are. I ask that you share it, that you like, you subscribe, you comment, you forward it to a friend, tell a friend, tag us on your social media account so that people can know what you know. You know, when you, when you get something good, you don't want to keep it to yourself. You go eat at a restaurant and that food was just the best you've ever tasted. You can't wait to tell your friends and your family about it. You can't wait to post it on social media because it was just that good. And so similarly, when it comes to things that edify you spiritually and mentally and emotionally and socially, be liberal in sharing. And I ask that you would do that with the podcast. Um, And I want to just now bless you and say, Father, I thank you that every person under the sound of my voice is wakening to the new and the next and the better and the greater that you've ordained for their lives at this time and in this season. I thank you, Lord, that they are drawing closer to you than ever before and that you're doing great and mighty things in their lives and in their midst. I thank you that they seek you for comfort and that you are the great comforter, Lord. Wherever they're hurting, wherever they're lacking and possibly missing things that they need in this season of life, I thank you that you are making it up to them, that you are meeting every need, Father, that you are showing yourself to be the great I am in their lives. And I thank you now, Lord God, that if there's any person here who is not born again and has never received Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, that they will call on the name of the Lord and say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And God bless you until we're together again. Remember to always pursue the good life in Christ and to live intentionally.